Welcome to this episode of Four Swipes Friday, where we dive deeper on four major topics of the week. Today, we're going to talk about stories of coffee and corruption, a billionaire and his bravado, Trump administration's weird relationship with foreign workers at the moment, and coronavirus coming back for round two. So stay tuned, grab a bowl of cereal or a cup of coffee, and let's get into this week's Four Swipes. So the first thing we're going to talk about is luck in coffee and they're a coffee chain based in china basically what happened was that the ceo and the coo both of them are now former because you know they've been removed from the company says that they resigned but in reality i'm pretty sure that they were removed from the company the ceo and the coo were involved in sales fabrication so they fabricated a lot of sales from 2019 and it wasn't by a small margin either. It was by 2.2 billion yuan, which is about 310 million American dollars. So at first they said that they had so many sales and in reality that wasn't true. And not even to mention, you have six other employees who were also involved in, in some way, shape or form, they're also, you know, out, they're either suspended or they're on leave. But the point is there's this huge internal investigation that goes on with Luckin Coffee. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what you are doing here is not necessarily 100%. So this is something that's still pending. It's still, you know, happening. But what's crazy about this is the fact that NASDAQ has gotten in on it and Luckin Coffee stock is no longer being traded. And that's interesting for me because personally, I invested in Luckin. I, I think I was in when it was like at 39, 38. And uh, for those of you who are day traders, you'll probably say wow, that was a horrible entry. Um, I agree with you. But when you look at it right now on Robinhood, it's no longer being traded. Like NASDAQ is no longer trading that stock. It's, it's stopped at $4.39. So I don't know what necessarily happened if you were still invested or whatnot. But it's been halted since April 7th, and they're sort of waiting for this internal investigation to blow over. The fact that this happened really does show, I guess, sort of an effect and maybe a pressure when it comes to responding to scale. The, the reason why Luckin Coffee is oftentimes referred to as, you know, a Chinese version of Starbucks, quote unquote, is just because of how much it grew in the two and a half years that it's been running. You know, that level of insane growth it's a type that you're you're going to see and it's like wow this is a company that started two and a half years ago and it's already everywhere so i think you know when you when you're trying to look into why did this happen why did they see sales fabrication as the way to go there's probably a response when it came down to addressing that need for scale and sort of like showing investors yes you know we're scaling we're growing this much but hey look we're able to manage it we're making the sales that you know we're making the sales that has to go with it it's really interesting and i think it's something that ties in the whole discussion of scale and ipos and brand new companies and the possibilities of becoming a unicorn this and this and that and it's a story that we're still following so if there's any updates on that that's something that we will bring in So the next person that we're going to talk about is Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is always, always number one. Like whenever you post, whenever you post something on Twitter, huge, huge. This guy's big whenever it comes down to media and being covered by things and talking. And, he, you know, he recently had a baby and he named it some weird like alien name and everyone's talking about it. 
But right now, what I wanted to talk about is the Tesla factory, and that was also huge news. So Elon got two two big news breaks back to back. First, his baby. Next is the Tesla plant and his war sort of with Alameda County in California. So basically, this is this is the timeline. First, Elon's like, we're gonna open up this, we're gonna open up this um, Tesla Tesla plant, and then afterwards, the Alameda County's like. Well, yeah, at first that was okay, but no, now we can't do that because, you know, coronavirus is happening. We don't want, you know, obviously we don't want to be opening up a plant where a whole bunch of people are going to be working together. And then eventually there's a possibility that they could be contracting coronavirus and spreading it. So, of course, like Alameda County's like, no, this isn't going to happen. Elon says, you know what? This is outrageous. This is a monstrosity. So he's like, you know what? If you're not going to allow us to open up this plant, we're going to shut down all Tesla operations in California. We're moving. We're, we're going to pack up. We're going to move to Texas or Nevada. We're going to move somewhere where we're wanted. And not only that, on top of that, we're going to sue you because it's our right to be able to open up this plant. You're not allowing us to work. So there was a whole bunch of back and forth between Elon Musk and I would say, you know, California legislator in general. Um, Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, she has her own deal that she's making, but she's very involved, obviously, as an assemblywoman. Uh, she went on Twitter, she called out Elon Musk, uh, telling him F you, and Elon Musk kind of responded in a very, you know, apathetical way. He was sort of like, eh, you know, message received, whatever. But, you know, there's there was obvious animosity between them two. And so there was the whole, you know, we're going to move out of California. There was the whole F you by Assemblywoman, uh, by the Assemblywoman. And that made public news where people were like, wow, you know, look at this. Look at the professionalism. Look at how much California hates business, stuff and stuff like this. So it was really, really, really divisive, really, really rift. Um, and eventually, you know, Gavin Newsom, California governor, steps in and things become more diplomatic. Right. So it's no longer people saying, you know, F you, F this, F that. It's more like, OK, how can we actually make it work? Because Elon Musk actually had Elon Musk and Tesla had a plan. They have a plan when it comes down to implementing safety. You know, they have a plan when it comes down to letting workers work and letting people figure out what it is when it comes down to letting workers work and keeping them safe as they do that. So it's not like they're just trying to shove a whole bunch of people into a new plant and then let them contract coronavirus and die. Like that that's not the plan at all. So Gavin Newsom was like, "Okay, let's 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 meet at the middle. You know, let's take a look at what it is that you're going to do." And Tesla and Tesla's like, "Okay, like let's bring let's bring forth our plan. Let's explain to you what it is that we're going to do." And eventually it was sort of like up into talks. Well, last week you know, it seemed like things weren't necessarily going as well because it was getting closer and closer to the build date for the plant or more so the, the opening date for the plant. And Elon posted on Twitter that, hey, you know what? I'm going to the front lines. I'm going to go to the front lines. I'm going to open up my plant. No one's going to stop me. If you want to stop me, you're going to have to arrest me. But, you know, we're going to have to fight fire with fire here. So basically, that was it. He went over to Went over to the front lines, was there, taking care, taking care of matters, opening up the factory and whatnot. So the California government allows for Tesla to reopen this plant. At first, they were like, hey, you have to shut it down. You know, this is not happening. But then they conceded. They said, you know what? This is going to work out. It's fine. We're going to allow this to happen. Of course, though, if you are going to open this back up, safety precautions, COVID precautions, those have to be number one. Those have to be the number one standard. 
Well, something to also consider is the fact that Elon has been coming under fire, and that is because he's been pushing really, really hard for the employees to go back to work. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, it's not safe. Why is it that you're forcing them? You must be doing it because of money. Um, you must be forcing people to go back to work because obviously you'd reap the profits of it. After being allowed to reopen, Elon Musk sent out an email to all of his workers, and he was sort of like just saying how excited he was and really happy that he was able to get back to work and showed that it was something more than just the money. It was the fact that he really loved working, and Elon himself is going to be there at the plant. That's something that I think people should consider. He's not just sending out his employees to be, you know, here, go, go, go face coronavirus. He's going to be there day to day working on the plant with everyone. So I think that's sort of something where it's just sort of, it's, it just sort of shows Elon Musk's capabilities and his tendencies to always go 110%. So I think that's something that people need to look into. Um, there's also the case that now a lot of employees for Tesla who used to be furloughed, um, you know, they used to be able to get those unemployment benefits because it was sort of like, well, we don't really know if you're going to be able to come back to work or not. Now there's, it's sort of becoming a polarizing situation where it's like you either come back to work or you can lose your job. And that's not necessarily something that Tesla themselves is implementing, but that's California law itself, right? Because if the opportunity to work is there, but you're explicitly saying that you're not going to work, well, then you can't be kept on some sort of like furlough uh, basis where it's like, okay, you know, you can still have those unemployment benefits, whatnot, whatnot. So that's also something that Tesla, which I think mistakenly so, is also coming under fire for. I mean, for those of you listening, like, what do you think? Do you think that Elon Musk is exploiting his workers, this this whole, te you know, factory, this whole plant opening up again is just for him to make more money and it's exploiting and it's something that he should probably just put off? Or do you think that it's okay, you know? And I think this sort of boils down to, you know, how do you feel about the economy reopening? Feel free, you know, comment down below. Um, I'm really curious to see, like, what is the general consensus when it comes down to Tesla? So the next thing we're going to talk about is the Trump administration and currently they're temporarily amending visa requirements for the foreign workers. So what exactly does this mean? Because when I was first reading up on this, I was a little bit confused because I didn't understand was this something that was pro-immigration or anti-immigration or whatnot. What I can tell you from right now and with the information that we've gotten on this subject is that it's not it's not pro-immigration. It's not something that's changing immigration. Trump's not allowing any more immigrants to come into the country. What's happening right now is that, say you have a foreign worker. Someone is here and they're here in the United States on a visa, or they're here not necessarily legally or whatever it is, but they, they've been working. They've been, they've been working in some way, shape, or fashion. What the Trump administration is doing now is that they're sort of extending that and they're saying, okay, hey, if you're here, if you're, if you're already here in the United States and you want to continue working, you'll be able to. And they're doing this in such a fashion that you don't even necessarily need your visa to be fully approved. As long as you apply for a visa, you're pretty much golden and you're able to work and you're able to get employed. And why is this happening? Well, I think the obvious answer is just that the economy is crashing right now. You know, we're pretty much in a recession because of this coronavirus and the labor market is suffering. We have about 20 million jobs, 20.5 million jobs, according to the Labor Bureau statistics, um, 
they basically mentioned that this is the biggest decrease in jobs. This is the largest dip in employment since 1939, and 1939 is when the Labor Bureau statistics started actually, you know, like calculating stuff like this and counting it. So right now we're at a point where we need workers no matter what, and this is completely correlated to the down, the downward spiral of the economy. So I think that's a huge reason as to why the Trump administration is saying, "All right, okay, you know, if you're a foreign, if you're a foreign worker, you're here in the United States, we're gonna give you a visa." Um, but if you're not in the United States, no, you're, you're not coming into the United States. You're not, we're not going to give you a visa so you can come in. It's more so if you're already here, we'll give you a visa. You'll be able to work. We're not going to ask any questions. You don't even have to be fully approved um, and you'll be completely fine. So this is sort of something where people will be able to see the benefits, uh, I guess, on both sides of the equation. If you're here and you need work, regardless of your status, you should be completely fine getting that. But nonetheless, if you're an employer, um, especially when it comes down to like healthcare or to landscaping or to agricultural work, stuff like that, very, very specific niches of employment, um, I think that's also a huge benefit because then you'll be able to actually employ these people and you know there's a little bit less red tape uh, when it comes down to it. So that's something that's pretty interesting um, and something that we're also going to be following and see how this story develops and see where it goes from now. So we've reached the fourth story of today, and it's going to be talking about coronavirus and the possibility that it's coming back already for a round two. So if you got in this far, first of all, I'd love to thank you. Um, episode number one, I wholeheartedly appreciate all of you who are here listening. I really appreciate you. I'd love to ask for your support, though. If you could share this, if you love what you're listening to, if you love this and you'd love this to continue, share it. Share it to a friend, just if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or the Anchor website or YouTube, wherever you are, if you could get a copy of the link, share it to your friends, post it on your story, something like that so that people can, more people can come here and listen to what we're doing and, you know, we can improve this and make it better. This is just sort of like a fly, you know, fly by the seat of our pants type thing. We're just sort of figuring it out as we go. Um, but we really wanted to provide as much value and as much commentary and make it interesting so that you can listen to. So again, just wanted to say, if you're listening, again, huge, huge, huge thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really, really appreciate it. Anyways, let's move in now to the last story of today, and that's coronavirus coming in for round two. So what's really making people go kind of, I would say, ultra paranoid is the fact that, you know, in Los Angeles, there was an, an there's an example of a woman who she was the first coronavirus patient. So she goes in, she's like, "Hey, I have corona." Or well, more so, more so, well, more so, she goes in. It's like you know something's wrong with me. They realize, "Oh my goodness, it's coronavirus." Okay, that's bad. But then you know, some time goes on, and then afterwards, it's like, "Hey, you know, no more symptoms. You're free. You're good to go." Anyways, she you know she leaves the hospital, and some time goes on, and it's like, "Oh my goodness." I'm feeling so sick to the point where I, I can't even stand. You know, she's like in pain all of a sudden. This this happens all of a sudden. She's now in pain. She's unable to stand. It's like, so she goes back to the hospital. It's like, what's happening? You know, so they run a few tests and it's like, hey, guess what? You know, you have coronavirus again. And it's like, you finally leave the hospital after getting coronavirus. You think you're free. You think you're good to go. And then you get it again. And to be fair, this is something that's very concerning because it's not only happening in the United States, 
in Wuhan, China, uh, where the virus you know was said to originate from. In Wuhan, China, you have pa- you have patients who had coronavirus. They left, they went back home, and 70 days after, they're coming back and they have coronavirus again. So that's something that's completely it's just devastating because right now this is the major question that doctors are asking. These people are coming back and they have coronavirus, right? Is this the same coronavirus that they had uh, when they first came in? Or is this a new strain of coronavirus? And because if it's a new strain of coronavirus, this is when the situation becomes abysmal. It's like, okay, we're, we're not even done de- we're not even done dealing with coronavirus level one. Now we already have coronavirus level two kind of like seeping in. And it's sort of something that's it's not good. So we have level two that's just seeping in. So it's scaring people. It's scaring a whole bunch of people. And, you know, that's understandably so, right? You have people wondering, like, how are we going to be able to figure this out? There's also been talks from the World Health Organization. Um, they're talking about how there's possibilities that given the gravity of the situation of the coronavirus, there's a possibility that it probably won't ever go away. And of course, you know, that is sort of like common common knowledge. Like you, we do have the flu. Uh, every single year we do have the flu and it's something that's recurring. Um, at first, when it first came on, it was devastating. It came in multiple waves and it just devastated multi, multi-millions in deaths. And so now what the World Health Organization is saying is that we're probably going to have something that's similar when it comes down to coronavirus. You know, the same way that most people have to yearly go in and get their flu shot, you're probably going to have to go in and get a coronavirus shot too once we get to that point. The problem is it's just everything is just happening at once. When it comes down to trying to figure out a cure, you know, you have people who are coming up with, with cures, quote unquote, but it's more so, you know, just viruses that are being meddled down the coronavirus viruses that are being meddled down and kind of being like turned into uh turned into vaccines so it's not necessarily that they have a streamlined process yet and the fact that coronavirus could be coming in for a round two just makes the situation even harder so that's something that we're going to keep an eye on that's something that we're going to continue to report on because personally i every single day there's something new with this coronavirus we don't know if Every day it's something new with the coronavirus. We hear of people, you know, we have countries that are opening up or relaxing the stay-at-home orders, and then their their infection rates are just going straight back up. You have people that, you know, don't believe that the coronavirus is real. You have people protesting the coronavirus, um, saying that, hey, you know, we should, we should be able to reopen the economy. We should be able to figure out what it is that we're doing. Um, you know, we're being kept in against our will, yada, yada. Um, of course, there's a whole bunch of opinion on it. So feel free to discuss in the comments below, trying to build a whole bunch of interaction on this. And yeah, you know, so what do you think about the coronavirus in general? I mean, and there's not even a specific prompt when it comes down to it. It's just simply, what do you think? Because there's just so much happening. And with that, that's pretty much the end of this first episode here of Four Swipes. If you have any suggestions for me, please leave them in the comments. I love talking about business and politics. It's it's one of my personal, like, it's just something that I love doing. I love researching stuff like this. And so I decided to come and make a show about it. If you have any suggestions, any way that I can improve, please feel free to leave them in the discussions. Um, Feel free to contact me. Feel free to reach out, you know, if you'd love to be a part, all right? 
And also one other announcement, I am looking for a co-host. I love talking about this, but I feel that for the audience, it would probably be better if I was talking with someone because that's what this whole thing is about. You know, Four Swipes is about inciting discussion. We're about breaking down these, these topics and making sure that people are as informed as they can be. And so right now I'm looking for a co-host. So if you're interested, feel free to reach out to me. You should be able to find my contacts in the description. And yeah, with that, take care, have a great week, and I'll see you next time for the second episode of Four Swipes Friday.